0: Hello everybody, this is Pastor Mark Sepulveda with Impact Church San Diego and I am so excited that you are here joining us today. If you're a first-time listener to the podcast or you've been here before and would like to support our ministry and keep this podcast going, you can go to our Facebook page at Impact Church San Diego, click the Learn More button and you can donate there. Or you can text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts. I hope this message inspires you, motivates you, and renews your faith. God bless you. like nothing can go right, and your boss is always yelling at you, or, or somebody's always yelling at you, and, and it just feels like, you know, is is it ever going to change? Is is anything going to ever happen? Am I ever going to feel, am I actually going to feel like a child of God? You know, he's, oh, all you're a child of God. You're blessed, you know, you're, you know, uh, as the angel had told Mary, you know, uh, you're blessed and highly favored. You know, that that's funny, because I, you know, I, I have a title of a child of God, I have a title of Christian, but yet I don't feel like a child of God, I don't feel blessed. I don't feel like doing good works. I don't feel like doing what the Bible tells me I want to do because I don't feel like I'm capable. I don't feel that I'm loved. I don't feel that I have the skills or 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 the talent to even do such things. And and sometimes the enemy tries to convince us that you, we are nothing. The enemy tries to convince us that you know you 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 know you can't change anything. It's you don't have the power to do anything uh to change any any situation or anybody around you. But the Bible does tell us to, you know, to to be fruitful, uh to multiply, not just in our own families, but in our gifts to evangelize and teach and preach to those people who need to hear the word of God. Amen. And that all comes through doing good works. Amen. So. With that said, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right now, and we're going to uh, we're going to continue on with uh, Ephesians chapter two, uh, verse ten, and um, on God's workmanship, the, the 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 series of God work God's workmanship, and the second part is created to do good works, and it reads like this in Ephesians two ten, if you remember from the last time. We are God's workmanship created to, in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. Let us go to the Lord in prayer at this time to help us, to enlighten us in the scripture that he has given us so that we could have knowledge of what he's trying to tell us today let's bow our heads and close our eyes heavenly father we come before your presence to thank you lord god for everything that you have done in my life god in our in our homes lord jesus in my inside of me god we want to honor you lord god for always being there with us lord jesus we ask you god that uh, you open up our minds and open up our hearts to receive this word with with understanding to receive this word with gladness to receive this word with knowledge, Lord Jesus, God, so that we could testify of your good works and how you blessed us and how you used us in a mighty way, Lord. We thank you, God, we honor you, and we love you. In your wonderful name we pray. Anybody say amen. You may be seated at this time. As the last time we were here, we talked about we are God's workmanship. Uh, and workmanship in the Greek, as it was written in the original language of the Greek, and it's uh, workmanship was uh, poiema, P-O-I-E-M-A, poiema. And it stands, and that's where we get the, our, our root word of poem or poetry. And how God's workmanship, how it relates to our life is like a story in progress it's it's we are poetry in motion we continue to be uh, uh continue to be moving continue to flow sometimes poems rhyme sometimes they don't sometimes they flow sometimes they don't and sometimes they have melodic rhythms and sometimes you say that doesn't rhyme that doesn't go with each other how could this be a poem i thought poems rhyme. sometimes poems are good sometimes poems are lovely Sometimes poems are tragedy, but it's our actions and how we take what God has created, how we take our lives of what God has created, we interpret the poem how we want. God's writing it, but we could also add walls, pitfalls, and other stumbling blocks within our life that kind of go into the story of our lives and, and say, God, why did you, why is this part, why is this in my life right now? Why is this in my story not necessarily that God wanted to be in your story, but we, by our decisions and our actions and what we choose to do, we add things in our stories that continue to be stumbling blocks in our life, but God is going to use it for good. Amen? The enemy tries to do things in our lives, and we are fall into the temptation of what the enemy wants us to do, and, and next thing you know, we're like, God, why? And he's like, I don't know, why? God is telling us, I don't know. why. Why did you choose to do that? And God continues to work as the clay in the potter's hands continues to work to shape and mold it. We are God's workmanship. We are God's poem, poetry in motion. And he continues to write that story in our life. But the second part of Ephesians 2.10 says, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And also, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. If God has prepared in advance for something for us to do, then he will give you the strength to see it through. Amen? So to do good works, what does it mean to do good works? How can we see what good works are and what are good works? And the Bible says that that there are some people that do good things. As the Bible says, Jesus says that your lips worship me, but your hearts are far from me. And the same thing with works. We could do good works. We could do a lot of things. But if we're not doing them with the good and right intentions, then what good is it? We're not doing with the intentions of giving God all the honor and all the glory. We kind of do good works to seek them that honor and glory for ourselves. Hey, look what I did. Look how I fed the homeless. Look how I helped this person. Look how I lifted up this person. I helped this person. I helped my buddy move. Look at I do good things all the time. We share them on Instagram. We take a picture. Boom, there it is. And we put it up there. And then we keep checking to see how many likes we got to see, oh, wow, yeah, that guy's a good person because look how many likes he's got of how he helped this person and how he helped that person. We have to remember that it's not all about doing good things for ourselves. It, kind of, it helps us from the inside, but it's also about helping others, too. And it doesn't even have to be something as big as helping somebody move or giving somebody money or, you know, or visiting them at the hospital or, or lifting them up. It could be something as simply as just a nice gesture, a kind gesture, a smile. I told my wife the other day that I go to work and one of my sole purposes is at work because I know that a lot of people don't like to come to work each, each and every day and to see the people that they don't want to see. And actually have to do work. We only show up to work to, 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 to make money. Amen? How many show up to work because they love to go to work? Not, no hands, see? They don't really love to go to work. You go to work, why? Because they pay me to be here. There's another guy at work. He's forever posting on Saturdays and Sundays. He doesn't post this during the week, but he posted it on Saturday and Sunday. He says, I heard they're giving away free money here, so I came to come pick it up. You know, making overtime at work, double time on Sunday. He's posting it all the time. We shouldn't take things that way in a sense. I come to work because I have to. I told my wife, you know, one of my sole purposes for coming to work is to make somebody else's life easier, make it happier, maybe perhaps even put a smile on their face. And she goes, you're not one of those guys who always says, you know, I love you and smiles. I go, man, I, I do it with all my heart. Goes, hey, John, hey. Huh? You. Puts a smile on people's face. You know the little heart—they call the heart emoji, whatever hand emoji. I just seen made in the last couple of years. You know, say, "Hey, I love you, man. I love you, bro. What's going on? Hey, you look kind of down. How can I help you? Are you all right? Want to talk about it?" And you'd be surprised how many people actually open up. But I like to make people's life—you know—a little bit brighter when I get there. I like to be at that little ray of sunshine in somebody's life. And if I could do that, then I fulfilled my purpose at that time. And no, I'm not going to post it on Instagram saying, hey, I made somebody smile today. That's not necessarily my purpose. But how else? What did Jesus say in order to help somebody or to do works? We're going to look in Matthew uh, chapter 25. We're going to go through 30, verse 35 and, and through 40. And it reads like this. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in how many are able to take in a stranger and you know that stranger danger stranger danger and call them you know we go oh get away from me get it you don't know this person but jesus is saying right here i was a stranger and you took me in and i'm going to explain a little bit more in that how it worked in my life verse 36 i was naked and you clothed me i was sick and you visited me I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and fed you or thirsty and gave you to drink? When, were you, when did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothed you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you do it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. If it is in your power, in your means, in your will to do kindness, to do things to others, then do so. If it is not possible, then it is not possible. God understands. But Jesus is saying, "Hey, if you have the opportunity to help somebody out, when I was hungry, did you feed it? Did you feed anybody who was hungry? Did you give them to eat? Did you clothe them? We give clothes to the, you know, in sense, to the, the secondhand stores all the times, in those bins that are at the corners of, of some street corners where you throw in, uh, uh, you know, clothes so that you can clothe the poor and clothe the homeless and stuff like that. I even seen to the point where I saw a lady. She was in a on a bike. She had made something to step up into that bin that we put clothes in and she was like with the, with the gancho. she had a hanger and she was pulling out bags of clothes and she was sifting through and see what she could wear for herself and my heart kind of went out and I, I kind of felt bad but then again that could have been the bag of clothes that I threw in there or shoes that I threw in there that that they're looking for by all means hey this is you know for the homeless this is for the poor to help them out and Jesus is saying if you do it to them you did it to the least of these but I go back to the stranger parts. And I was a stranger, and you took me in. And this is a story. I mean, I, this was way back in the days. I was a youth, and I wasn't sure if I was already driving yet or I was riding my bike to church because I used to ride my bike to church. And on the weekdays, we had uh, uh, we had English service. I believe it was on Tuesday night or Wednesday night at 7, and I used to ride my bike to church and ride it home. And um, I remember uh, some uh, lady this uh this uh, um, colored lady, she came up to me. She looked like a, she looked like she was. She didn't look homeless, but she looked okay dressed. She had a big fur coat on. She had a little boy with her, and uh, I guess somehow she got to me because she was asking for the pastor. And uh, they said, "Well, the you know, kind of like I guess pushing her down, passing the butt. Well, there's the pastor's son right there. Talk to him." And I was there and she came up to me, excuse me, sir, you know, I need a place to stay for the night. And, you know, because I need to catch a bus or whatever, you know, to go to wherever she was going. But I need a place to stay for tonight. And this was the first church that I saw, which I can't believe that because there's a couple of other, other churches around us. But maybe we were the only ones open at that time. And I was I was I was young, I believe, in my late teens, perhaps. All I remember is that uh, she she was in need, I didn't know who it was, so she was a stranger, and she continued to ask you know beg and you know i just I just need a place to stay, I need a place to sleep, and I'm thinking, man, our church has so many rooms, I mean well classrooms, but you know i said where can where can I put her i i, I don't I feel bad turning her away because i ha- I have a heart, believe it or not, people, I have a heart. And I feel for people who are in need of certain things. And when I can't do them, and I felt, man, I wish I could do them. So I said, you know what? I go, come here. I, I can come into the kitchen because we, we had a big kitchen with the hall. And in the kitchen, we had a long, like a, a pew. It's a, one of our old church benches were in there. I said, well, you, you could sleep here. Um, and, uh, but you got to leave in the morning, though. You, you, you know, once you, you know, oh, don't worry, don't. I'll get up. I'll, I'll leave in the morning. Okay. Since it was the kitchen, there was really nothing to do in there to steal or whatever. I didn't think she was there to take anything. I just, she just looked tired. I called up my dad and from the office, his dad. Uh, this lady, she came and uh, she was looking for a place to stay. I, I, I put her in the kitchen. All right, you know, like, you know, the from the Peanuts cartoons, how the teacher speaks. I, that's how it was on. The, I was like, ah, oh, my dad just yelling at me. I said, Dad, no, no, I can't. She's already, she's already there. She has a little boy with her. She's gonna leave in the like. Then you know what? Then you tell her. I'm. I left, knowing that my dad was gonna come, and you know, he... so he came. I, I, I left her there. I called my dad. My dad got upset. He was on his way, and I said, I don't want to be here. I took off. <laughs> I took off. I said, I didn't want to see this. I, didn't... I, I don't think I would have the heart to bear to see my dad kick somebody out of the church grounds for coming, looking for a place to sleep. And uh, I got home and then my dad got home and I looked at him and he said, she was already asleep when I got there on on the bench and I didn't have the heart to wake her up and tell her to leave. But I'm going to go first thing in the morning. So, okay, that's fine as long as she gets to sleep. So I went to bed. My dad woke up first thing in the morning. and uh, the sun, I don't think the sun had risen yet, but he got there. He opened the kitchen. She was gone. But what my dad had told me, and he still believes this to this day, that when he got there and saw her sleeping there, and he didn't have the heart to do it, that he felt that it was the least of these. If you did it to the least of these. You did it to me. Basically sharing your love, your kindness, your help to the least of these. You're also doing it to God also. And he felt that it was some kind of angel that came to look for a place to stay. That's my stranger uh, bringing in things did it to one of the least of these and you did it to me and that's part of works it's it's not you don't even need money in order to do that but in a sense in this day and age it's kind of hard to trust people of what's going on around us and stuff but uh, what are good works in a sense other than just helping somebody feeding somebody uh, good it's about it's about one another helping one another uh, praying for one another encouraging one another lifting up one another Feeding one another clothing with another. Oh, do you need some? Hey, do you know I have a bag that goes with that, with those shoes. <laughs> you know, or oh, I have shoes with that bag that you're wearing. You want to match. You want to look nice. So I know some of you ladies have so many things that you go, you got piles of bags in the corner. You can give them away to somebody else. But the Bible talks about over 50 times in the New Testament, the Bible talks about one another or each other and, and to, to help one another. Uh, but Philippians 4.8 says, whatever is true. And Paul writes this to the church in Philippi. He's saying whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, and, what, and if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about or do such things. I know that these he told us to concentrate on these things, but I want to do things that are nice, I want to do things that are excellent, I want to do things that are lovely, I want to do things that are pure, I want to do things that are right? Then do such things, do them if you know it's in their right and good intentions, with Jesus on the mind, knowing that you're He's gonna get all the honor and glory, knowing that He is gonna be lifted up for the things that you do, and not necessarily put it on Instagram and say, Hey, look what I did. It's all about the will of God. If in, in, in the scripture, in Ephesians 2:7 2, and 2.10, where it says Uh, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance to do. If God has prepared it in advance for us to do, then he will give us the strength and the ability to see these things through. It is the will of God. Hallelujah. And in 1 John 2, 17 says, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. These things that you see around us, these things that you see amongst us, our material things, our cars, our TVs, and things that we have, those things are going to go away. But whoever does the will of God will live forever. And what is the will of God? And if he gives us the strength to do these things, then how are we supposed to do these things? We see in Romans chapter 12, verse 2b, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. I like that part right there. Then you will be able to test. Be, we, first of all, we need to tra- be renewed by the transforming of our, our minds. First of all, we need to change our mind. We need to start thinking different. Once we start thinking different, then we can start to test. Okay, is, is this... Is this part of God? Is this the will of God? Okay, It doesn't seem like it coincided with what God wants us to do, so that, no, that, that, that's not the will of God. Oh, th- this seems to be in line of what the will of God is. So I'm going to approve it. That's what it is, but it all starts with the transforming and the renewing of our mind, and then we can test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will, praise God. We'll no, once we transform, once we start stop thinking materialistically, once we stop thinking that I want all the honor and glory, if I help somebody, if I do good works for somebody, once we stop thinking about me, 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 And understand that it is God who makes all these things possible. To understand that it's God that gives us the strength to see these things through. And then we'll be able to test and approve what is the will of God. Hallelujah. In James 2.14, we read, and I'm sure we've heard this before. Faith without works is dead. How many have heard that before? Faith without works is dead. Well, we're going to look in here in James chapter two. 14 through 26 and this is condensed okay this is i didn't put the whole scripture the whole passage this is kind of condensed here and it says what does it profit my brethren if someone says he has faith but does not have works can faith save him but do you want to know oh foolish man that faith without works is dead And if faith without works is dead, works without faith is the same thing as well. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only or not by faith alone. Abraham was asked to prove his faith. By taking his only son Isaac and building an altar, binding him down and sacrificing him because God had told him, take your only son and sacrifice, take him to a mountain and sacrifice him in a place that I will show you. His faith was proved through his action, through his works. Works and action are the same thing. He had faith knowing that God promised me this son. He's not going to take him away from me that easily. And if he does, he will give him back to me because he promised me this son right here. So his faith, his works by were proved by his action in faith, praise God. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out? Another way, whoa, the Bible can be so, so direct, praise God, so so forward, so blunt, so savage to say that likewise was not Rahab the harlot. Likewise was not Rahab the prostitute. Likewise was not that floozy Rahab who sold her body for money. The Bible talks about her also justified by works what excuse me are you saying that a prostitute was justified by works the bible says so and i said last week in our in our mother god uh, lesson that we had last week uh, and if you missed it you can you can see it on buzzsprout or on spotify just click the link on the impact church page Uh, i had mentioned that when they talk about the lineage of Jesus Christ when you get to to Matthew and they talk about and so and so begat so and so and so and so begat so and so and it's all men that 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 had said you know and Abraham begat Isaac and Isaac begat Jacob and so forth and so such and i said I pretty much all men well i was i was i was wrong i knew that there was women in there but i had to had to make sure to see how many There's actually three women that were actually in the lineage from Abraham to Jesus Christ Oddly enough, Rahab the harlot was one of them. She was, she was a prostitute. She sold her body for money. She supplied for her family. Uh, she was the sole provider for her home. And she lived in Jericho at the time when the Israelites were about ready to cross the Jordan and to attack Jericho. When God gave them the vision to said, hey, listen, this is how you're going to do it. You're going to walk around. Everybody knows about the walking around the, Jer- the walls of Jericho. So... She was inside the city walls, and, and uh, two Israelite spies were inside Jericho to see what was going on. They wanted to say, okay, go in there. I want you to spy out the place. Well, Rahab heard of the Israelites of, basically, they heard of how big the Israelite God was for the fact that the Israelites were conquering cities left and right. And when she heard or she saw that there was two Israelite spies, she said, oh, no, we're next. But because she didn't want to be there. She didn't want that kind of life. She, that life didn't necessarily, I don't know if the life necessarily chose her or she chose that life. She had to do what she had to do. That's why the Bible calls her Rahab the harlot. And it's funny as how that people in the Bible are sometimes identified by their sicknesses or by what they are. Like the woman with the issue of blood. The man with the withered hand. The lame man at the gate really never gives certain names necessarily, but their condition. And the Bible categorizes Rahab as the harlot, the prostitute. But she was justified by her work. So what she had did with the two Israelite spies inside a Jericho that were, that were spying around, she took them in to hide them and hid the Israelite spies while they were looking for for them inside the walls of jericho and she sent them out another way so by her works by faith the bible says that also is justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way for as the body without the spirit is dead so faith without works is dead also so when the israelite spies came back to the to where to where they were at. And before they started walking around Jericho seven times, and then on the seventh day, uh, I mean, one one time for seven days, and on the seventh day walked around seven times, and the walls came tumbling down, everything came tumbling down, but one section of the wall of Jericho, because they had said, Listen, we're gonna you saved us, you got us out of this mess, so we're gonna help you out. What you need to do is you need to put a red scarf. Do you have a red scarf? Do I have red scarf? of course i have red scarf so she put a red scarf outside of her window to identify where she was at to identify the person that helped them out and the israelite spies out another way so they wouldn't get caught so when the walls came tumbling down everything came tumbling down but one section of the wall where rahab lived and her her and her family became safe with the israelites And oddly enough, she became part of the lineage of Jesus Christ, from Abraham to Jesus. Funny enough, though, that Rahab is Jesse's great-grandmother. Who is Jesse? Jesse had a son named David, a shepherd boy, who became king of Israel. So don't let your actions or what you are going through define you. Because Rahab, the prostitute, didn't, didn't let her title of harlot of prostitute didn't let her condition her situation define who she was she became somebody great within that lineage to leading to jesus christ amen so for as the body without the spirit is dead so faith without works is dead also oh i got faith do you have faith yes i got a lot of faith really wow what are you doing for the kingdom what do you mean what am i doing for the kingdom are you what are, are you helping people are you teaching people are you feeding the homeless are you feeding the poor are you clothing them are you are you involved in some kind of, of social activity or some kind of community activity to help i don't know. i believe in god i read the bible like that so what do you do you I, you just sit there well i have faith in jesus christ okay but what are you doing if you don't do nothing and if you have all the faith in the world, then basically faith without works is dead. So is works without faith is dead as well. Praise God. You could believe all you want, but if you're not showing it with your actions like Abraham did, he put his faith into action like Rahab did. She heard. She heard how the Israelite God was actually uh, giving them the strength and giving them the the power and giving them the the will and the know-how to conquer other cities as they come come through because God has given them this land, and they're going to take it over. She heard, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing. She heard how the Israelites were coming how the how great and strong and powerful was the israelite army and how great and powerful was the israelite god she heard you could hear everything in the world but if you're not believing anything you don't have to believe there's certain things that you could believe there's certain things you don't have to believe but when it comes to the word of god you could hear it until your you know until your face turns blue you could hear it you know from a kindergarten from Sunday school all the way until you know your fifties or sixties, you can hear it, but if you don't believe, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, we're going because we're talking about works, we're talking about we were created to do works. We were created to do things and and do awesome things and to help other people to start a movement and stuff. And seven churches are revelations that God talks about, and He also talks about their works, which is kind of cool. He reads like this in Revelations chapter 1, verse 2. And we this is a, just a specific church of out of the seven. I'm just going to hit two of them because I want to point out something. To the angel of the church of Ephesus, write, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear uh, those who are evil or those who do evil. In every church in Revelations that God speaks to her that god writes to we have the church of ephesus that we just uh, we just read uh, finished reading the scripture of the church of ephesus basically was a church that lost its first love it's the loveless church and we have also the church of smyrna is the persecuted church and we could go through these in a lesson some other time but i just want to list these churches down the church of pergamum was the compromising church the church that compromises the word of God with the things of this world and kind of mixes them in to make us feel nice and cozy on the inside. And these churches are out there. The church, of, uh, the church of Thyatira, which is a corrupt church. The church of Sardis, which is a dead church. They still go to church, but they're dead on the inside. The church of Philadelphia, it's a faithful church. And the church of Laodicea is a lukewarm church. These churches, these were the, these were the titles, the, 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 category, the categories that was given to these churches because that's what they were going through at that time. And we can see some of these churches in this time right now. Laodicea, the lukewarm church, basically they're neither hot for Jesus or they're neither cold for Jesus. They're kind of like in the middle just kicking it back, you know, just kind of hoping, just, you know, waiting in the wind, thinking cool things are going to happen. The Bible says that God tells the church of Laodicea, I'd rather have you hot or cold. But because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. I don't know who you are. You were neither hot for me or cold for me. So he writes to the church in Ephesus, I know your works. He writes to each church in the book of Revelations, I know your works. But he, he usually ends up saying, but I have this against you. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. Another church right here, the church of Sardis in church, chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. And to the angel the church of Sardis right. I know your works that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Church of Sardis, right here, categorizes the dead church. But the Bible says that God acknowledges them, say, Hey, I know your works. I know your works that you have a name. I know your works that you're doing things, you're making a lot of noise. I know that you're trying to prove people that you're doing a lot of things that you're alive but the bible continues to say but you are dead you're dead inside you're doing a lot of things you're making a lot of, a lot of noises you're making you're trying to do good but you do you are not doing them for the correct reasons you are not doing them in my name you're doing it to suit yourself as the bible says i know your works that you have a name you have a name that you're doing great things. That people know, oh yeah, I know that church. They're doing great things. They're doing big things. But they're doing it for the Instagram. They're doing it for Facebook posts. They're doing it to uh, for their own praise and, and, and their own glory. But you are dead inside. inside. Inside, they're not doing it for the right reasons. They're not doing it because they love God. They're not doing it for the honor and glory of God. They're not doing it for the kingdom of God. They're doing it for their own glory. Now, I want to go back the church Ephesus and we're gonna go down to verse 4 and 5 it said nevertheless I have this against you wow can you imagine if God say, hey you're doing good you're doing all right keep it up but I got something against you I got to tell you something I got to tell you where you're going wrong I got to tell you where you're off I have this against you that you have left your first love the bible says that, that we love god because he first loved us he is our first love praise god and that's what the bible says right here that you have left your first love verse five remember therefore from where you have fallen Remember the time where you left the path of righteousness. Remember where you decided that you did not want to get on your knees and pray anymore. Remember when you didn't want to seek God's face anymore. Remember when you stopped reading the word of God, when you stopped going to church, when you start being active within the church, within the groups, praise God. Remember where you have fallen Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen and repent and do the first works. Repent and go back. Rewind. Stop what you're doing. Remember where you messed up. Remember when you decided to go with a group of friends that you haven't seen in a long time and done dumb things. Remember where you had fallen, where you decided that, you know what? I I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm not going to go to church today. I think I'm going to do something different. And then that something different becomes a routine. And that routine becomes a prison. And that prison becomes a place where you realize that, man, it wasn't all what it's cracked up to be. Remember, the Bible says you had lost your first love. Remember when you first loved God, when you've received the Spirit for the first time, when you actually felt the presence of God in your life, remember your first love. When you got on your knees, you started praying and crying, praise God, and and crying out to God, saying, God, I need your strength. I need your help. I need your guidance. I can't do this on my own. Remember. And then you get up and you feel light. You feel like a a burden has been lifted off of your shoulders because you realize now God is with me. God is going to help me. He's going to give me the strength to perform these things that I need to do because I can't do them on my own. I'm not normally a nice person. It takes work to do that. I can't do it on my own. I can't be kind on my own. I need the presence of God to help me out, to be the person he wants me to be. So remember, you've lost your first love. Come back. Come back to God. Come back to his presence. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen. How many have lost a pair of keys? Or your phone is like, I just hacked. Most of my time at work is like, I just had that wrench in my hands. I just had the, where do and you're doing this bit, and you you do this, even though you've done it like 10 times, you know, it starts to become a, <laughs> it's it becomes a thing because it, it's like, I know, I, like, the, like earlier today, I had this thing in my hands, and before I came up there, I go, I just had it in my hands. Yeah, and it, it was on the floor, so when I picked it up, but you, you go back, and I don't, where's my keys? I, I just had my keys. And you go, okay. And so we start to think, okay, where was I? Okay, I was in the kitchen, and I was in the bedroom. I know I went to the desk. And you go to the, oh, they're right here, right where I left them. So you have to remember. And I, Sister Dahlia posted a meme that says, when you get into your folders, most of your time in life is like trying to figure out, you know, where you left your keys, where why you're at a certain area. You know, I, I go to, I, I'm at work. I go to my toolbox and I open it up and I stand there doing this for a second. Right, And then I look around. Right, and I close it up. And then I take two steps. You know, you go back. So I don't think it's the 40s. I, I just think it's, that's just natural, sister. It's a natural human, human thing because we always have to backtrack. And the Bible's telling us, go back. Remember, therefore, where you have lost your keys. Remember, therefore, where you put your phone. Remember, therefore, where you messed up, where you have fallen. Go back to where it was at. Remember how you got there and don't get there again, in other words. And then repent and do the first works. I like this. God told you specifically to do something. And we started doing that something. And somewhere along the way, we forgot. What we were doing, so we started doing other things. And when we started doing other things, we started straying away from what God initially told us to do. So we start falling off the wayside and doing things we're not supposed to. And the next thing you know, we're way off the path of how where God told us to be. So he tells the church of Ephesus, which most of us could be the church of Ephesus, individual or a person so you sometimes we lose our first love because we blame god for a lot of things that are going on in our lives we tend to not love god anymore as much as we do so he says, you lost your first love remember where you have fallen go back to do your first works so we take on so many other things and we repent and say god forgive me for doing what i have done so said, so, okay, what, what do I need to do? Well, what did God tell you to do before? Do the last thing that God told you what to do before you strayed away and fallen. Repent and do the last thing. Do what God told you to do. A little story about that I talked about. David uh, is like the, the great-great-grandson of Rahab. He He was a shepherd boy. And Samuel the prophet went to go anoint a new king in Jesse's home, which Jesse is David's David's father. And he wants to anoint a new king of, uh, of Israel. And he tells him and, and he tells him, you know, God told me to come here because somebody in your household is gonna be the new king of Israel. So he called all his sons, all big strapping, you know, dudes coming over here, and and he says, No, that's not the one. That's not the one. Oh, this this guy's a handsome, built young man. This is, this has got to, God said, no, no. And it got to the last person and, 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 and Samuel told Jesse, don't, is there, are these all your sons? Well, yeah, there's the boy in the back. He's taking care of the sheep. Didn't even say his name. Oh yeah, David's in the back taking care of the sheep. He said, the boy in the back is taking care of the sheep categorized him as the one who takes care of the sheep. Well, call him in. God said there's somebody going to be anointed king here. So he goes. David comes in, and right away Samuel gets the the vision from This is the guy. This is the boy. So he anoints David, the shepherd boy, anoints him king of Israel. But King Saul was still alive. He was still alive. He was still in power. And after he anointed him king, David didn't get a big head saying, I am now king of Israel. You, my brothers, you have to bow down to me. Dad, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. I don't... Kings don't take care of sheep. I don't take care of sheep. I've just been anointed king of Israel. He didn't do that. He didn't get a big head and say, you know, I don't have to do this anymore. Because he knew that there was still King Saul. So he said, okay, one of these days, I'm going to be in King Saul's seat. All right, I got to go back to my sheep. The Bible says he goes back to go tend the sheep. Even though he was anointed to do greater things, he did the last thing God told him to do was take care of the sheep. We need to go back to the beginning. Now, like I said, faith without works is dead. So is works without faith. Is also dead as well. So with that, I want to show you this little video. Sit back and relax and, and see this video. Next. file, please. Mm-hmm. Some lying, some stealing, and some acts of kindness here and there. I tried to live a good life. Well, let's see how good. This way. Next. Bio, please. Okay, I admit it. I did a lot of bad things. Yes, I see. But I've done good things, too, you know, to offset the bad things. Like, one time, I cheated on a test, but then I cleaned up trash in the park. Mm Mm-hmm. That should balance out, right? Let's find out. This way. That should have balanced out, right? It should have balanced out. Next! Bio, please. Impressive. Oh, yeah. I devoted my entire life to make this world a better place. I dug wells in Africa, I donated blood every month, and I ran an orphanage in India. I mean, I just wish I could have done more. hmm And is this your subscription? I only read the articles. <laughs> I, I only read the articles. I only read the articles. Next. My mom goes to church? Was baptized as a baby? Take American Express, right? Next! File, please. Whoa! Somebody's been busy! Well, let's get this over with. Sorry, um, I didn't know he was with you. Okay, step on the scale. Not you. Him. Hey, wait a minute! That is totally not fair! That's why it's called Grace. it's called grace. Yeah, let's give God a big hand. Praise for that. I'm going to ask you to stand. I know this video was kind of tongue-in-cheek and it was kind of had its funny things, but it's true to the sense of (laughs) you could do all the good you want, but if you don't have God in your life, it means nothing. We need Jesus in order to do goodness or good things. We created in Christ Jesus to do good works. If you don't have Christ Jesus in your life, in your heart, Everything that you do means nothing. And in this video, we saw that you could do a lot of things all for nothing. The Bible says that in the end, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth and complaining and crying. But to those whom the Father has said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. To those who believed on him and To those who believed on him who was and is and is to come, for all those who have waited on the Lord and did not waver, for those who have kept the faith and finished the race, enter into the joy of your Lord. For all those who kept waiting and searching and seeking the Master's face, enter into the joy of your Lord. For all those who worked and labored praise God but kept the scriptures in your heart and kept salvation in your life knowing that Jesus who came and died for your sins and took your place enter into the kingdom of your Lord I hope you enjoyed today's message and if you did tell a friend and if you would like to support our ministry you can go to our facebook page at impact church san diego click the learn more button and you can donate there or you can text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts because it's people like you that keep this podcast going thank you and god bless you